You're listening to the Sunday morning message from Clouds Creek Baptist Church. Join us for worship Sunday morning at 11. Or for more information, visit cloudscreek.org. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good? Good, you guys. Does it feel like Christmas yet? Yeah, a little bit? You guys still full from Thanksgiving? You know, I think that that's, I said it last week, that it does feel weird that we're starting Advent so close to Thanksgiving. Now, here we are picking up Advent still in November, right? It feels kind of like, what are we doing? We just, we just did Thanksgiving. But as you know, if you turn on the radio, they're already playing Christmas music, right? Anybody already listen to Christmas music? A lot of it. This half of the room is all about it. They're like, yes. I've been listen- How long have you been listening to Christmas music? Did you just start after Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Day after Halloween. Whew. Yeah, if you walked in any store the day after Halloween, you were like, guess it's Christmas time. There's Christmas trees up everywhere. It is, it is time to celebrate. Um, and, and we get to this week, and, and this first week is hope. We, we look at hope, and hope is kind of a hard thing to explain, right? Like, when you're trying to nail down, like, okay, what is hope? Hope is a hard thing to explain, but the one thing that is always consistent is that it's always future-focused, right? Like, you don't hope something happened before. You're like, man, I hope I get a better job 10 years ago, right? Like, that's not how hope really works. And what's interesting is that hope can be any number of places in the future. Like you could be thinking, I hope that Blake finishes up early today because I'm really hungry and I need some lunch, right? Like that might be what your hope is in. Or maybe it's a little, a little further out and you're like, man, I, I can't wait for the national championship game. You might have some hope in the national championship game. Uh, and you, you know, that hope maybe have been helped yesterday with Alabama almost losing. Uh, they did not look good. So your hope might be like, okay, doing pretty good right now. Like I'm, I'm, my hope is pretty good. Or maybe your hope is even further down the road. So it could be this afternoon, a month from now, or it could be further down the road. It could be like, man, I really hope that I'm able to live to watch my grandkids grow up. I hope I'm able to watch my grandkids get married, maybe see great grandkids. Maybe that is, is something that you hope for. And that's what I think is interesting is that hope can be in several different places. You can hope for something today, something a month from now, and something years down the road. We can have hope, and it it moves, right? Hope is a moving target. And oftentimes in church, we still don't have our hope in the right time. We find ourselves hoping that God will do something now. We hope that God is going to fix a situation that we have maybe put our hope in. We put our hope in the wrong kingdom, and we think that it's something that God is going to do. We're going to kind of hang out on Isaiah 40 today. We're going to pick up in a verse here, uh, and then we're going to focus more on it towards the end of the message. But here it says in Isaiah 40, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. See, our problem is that we often hope for things that are temporary. And we're only going to be disappointed because earthly hope is temporary. Earthly hope is temporary. Even good things, right? Like good things like family, uh, like healing. Those things that we hope for and we pray for are things that can still, they still will fade away. 
They're temporary. And, and sometimes the things that we pray for might not even happen. Even if we get the job that we want, we pray and we ask God, hey, God, will you open up a door so I can get this job? Sometimes layoffs happen. Maybe you pray for, pray for a, a spouse. Maybe you're praying for marriage, and then conflict still happens. That spouse is not going to fulfill like you hoped that they may have. None of these things are going to make us feel complete. When we don't have hope in the right things, we kind of become hope junkies, just looking for our next fix, right? It's like, hey, you know what? This has happened a lot for a lot of teams, especially in Georgia, is it's like, hey, there's always next year, right? Like season's over and you're like, well, let's start looking at the recruiting class, who we got coming up, right? Like, now, well, we got this guy in the minors or you say, okay, the the season's over, who are we going to take in the draft, right? Like you start, you just move, you just kick it down the road, right? You start to think, okay, well, if this isn't what I can put my hope in, I'll just put my hope in something a little further down the road. I didn't get a promotion. Well, that's fine. I'll start looking for a new job. I move my hope. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to get this promotion, so I'll change my hope to finding a new job. Am I not happy being single? Well, I'll find a spouse, and then I'll be happy. And then my spouse isn't fulfilling enough, so then what will make me happy is if we have kids. We all know that that's not the right answer, right? (laughs) That'll just make you not sleep. That's how that works. We start to, we become hope junkies. We're just looking for the next thing to put our hope in. And that's what the world around us is doing. Because we were created to long for more. You were created with a desire to look for something more. To look for something to fulfill you. But what happens is that we are looking to, for temporary fixes for eternal problems. We're looking to earthly and temporary fixes to eternal solutions. Oftentimes what we do is we're just praying for band-aids on a, on a terminal illness. When we're praying for things like, you know, Lord, will you do this in our country? Will you, will you change culture to go back to the way it was? Will you, will you change things to go back? Will you come? We're, we're praying for temporary fixes because what we need to be praying for is revival. We need to be praying for an eternal fix for these problems. Because see, like we just read, everything is, that you've ever seen is going to pass away. Everything on earth that you have ever seen or will see is going to pass away. So why is that where we put our hope? We have to change our hope, change our prayers from the things that are temporary to the things that, eternal, that are eternal. And even in scripture, people have this problem. They even take good things that God is trying to give them and, and they make them a little too much their hope, right? Like Abraham, he's looking for, God promises him a son. And instead of putting his hope in God, he's putting his hope in the son. So then what happens when he starts getting a little older, right? He's like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm pretty old at this point. I don't know how we're going to have a baby. So his wife comes up with this idea and Sarah says, hey, you know what? Let's have a baby another way. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's somebody else and we'll have this baby. They stepped outside of the promise because their hope was in the kid. Their hope wasn't in God. Even then, you go from there that, that Israel, once they're, they're in slavery in Egypt, they were hoping that someone would rescue them. And they got it, right? Moses comes and he leads them out. And then immediately, what do they start doing? They start complaining because it wasn't what they wanted. It's like, this isn't quite what we had in mind 
We didn't have starving in the desert on our list of things we wanted in, in how we left slavery. Can we go back to slavery? That was their thought process. And even then, once they were a, an established nation, that wasn't good enough. They wanted to be like the other nations, and so they, they put their hope in having an earthly king. They're like, we need earthly kings. So God gives them an earthly king, and they're not happy with their earthly king because he's flawed, and that's not exactly what they're looking for. And so then, then God gives them a hope for a savior. He gives them a hope for the Messiah. And then what happens? He's not exactly what they were expecting. This isn't what we had in mind. So they missed it. They missed it because their hope was, even though it was things from God, they were looking to the world to fulfill those things. They were hoping that that would be what fulfilled them. And it doesn't. Just like you can eat the best meal. You may have had one of the best meals of your life on Thursday. And in about 30 minutes, some of y'all's stomach's going to be grumbling. Right? You, you got hungry again. That wasn't the most sufficient meal you've ever had. Because you're still going to be hungry. Braves just won the World Series. Amen? A couple people excited. Even that, like that, that's, my, that's my point. It's like, even that, we're, we're a couple weeks away and it's like, oh yeah, well that's good. And we're going to come up on a new season and it's going to be like, well, I hope they can do it again. Somebody else is going to be trying to take the World Series away from them. Or maybe at this point you're like, well that was good, but can the dogs do it? Right? You're already like that thing that you hoped for, it wasn't quite fulfilling enough. Or, or even, even if it's your spouse, you get married and you're like, man, this is it. I have, I have the one. This is, this is what I'm waiting for. And then you get into a season where you're fighting all the time and you're like, this is not what I was signing up for. This is not what I had in mind when I fought spouse. Like I've seen a lot of movies and TV shows. I've read a lot of books. Like this doesn't happen in those. Everything's always just great all the time. Because the things that we hope for here on earth are never going to fulfill us. Everything we can hope for in this world is going to disappoint because we weren't created to have our hope met here. You weren't created to have your hope fulfilled here on this earth. We should change our prayers and have this idea, this mindset of thy will be done. It is a hard thing to do though. It is a hard thing to do, to pray for healing for somebody who is sick and say, but you know what, God? Thy will be done. I know this is a person that I love dearly, but thy will be done. Because if your hope is in how he answers the prayer, if your hope is only in that person healing, that's not always how it works. Because sometimes, sometimes God heals through moving people into eternity. That the healing is really in their heavenly bodies. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't pray to God for things. He still wants to hear from his children. He still wants to hear our desires, but we need to have the attitude of, you know what, I still don't have the best plan. Thy will be done. One of my favorite things I've heard about God's will, um, John Piper is an author and a, a pastor and a speaker and uh, I was listening to a podcast one time, and he was talking about how God rarely works in a straight line. He rarely works in a straight line. And you can see it in Scripture. My favorite example is the story of Joseph in Scripture. He's the favorite son, right? He's got this coat of many colors. They did a whole musical about it. I don't know if you guys have heard the story. Um, and then he's the favorite son, and he ends up thrown into a pit by his brothers and then sold into slavery. And then what happens? It's like a roller coaster, right? Like he's the favorite, he's down in the pit, he's in slavery, and then he gets to be 
the, the top slave. It's like, okay, this is great. Then he's accused of sexual misconduct by, his, by the, his boss's wife, and he's thrown into prison. Then he becomes the top prisoner. Now he's like the head of the prison. Things are going great. And then he gets forgotten by the people that were supposed to try to help him. And then, finally, God gives him the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and he goes and he interprets the dream, and then he becomes second in command in the whole nation. He is the one in charge of saving all of that area from famine. And he's able to save his family. That ain't no straight line, right? Like, that's, that is not how we would have planned it, right? Like, we think in terms of, like, promotions, right? You start off working in the mailroom, and then you get a job as an intern, and then you get a job as a partner, and then you get a job, you know, like, you go up the ladder until you're CEO. But that's not how God always works. Frequently, God does not work in a straight line. God doesn't always just make it clear. He doesn't always do it the way we think. If you look at even the lineage of Jesus leading up to Christmas, we finished up a series in Exodus, and, and, we, and we also did Genesis. There's some crazy stuff in there. Y'all remember? Y'all remember some of that stuff we talked about that it was like, this is in the Bible? We got to talk about this in church. And what's crazy is that that's what God picked to bring us Jesus it would have made so much more sense if, I, if it were me writing the story when they make this golden calf and everybody's worshiping it and, and they get the opportunity to repent and the Levites are the only ones who do. It makes sense that Jesus would have come from them, right? But he didn't. He came from this, this line of people that was messy. A line of people that had a lot of problems that you wouldn't go say, hey, yeah, that's the one, that's the one we're going to get our Savior from. So when we put our hope in how God is going to do something, a lot of times we're going to miss God in the process. We have to be careful that we're not trying to find our hope in how God does it. Sometimes the answer to the prayer you've been praying for years might be no. Listen, Garth Brooks may be a fantastic country singer. He is not a great theologian. So when he says some of God's greatest gifts are what? Unanswered prayers, right? I knew, I knew y'all would know. I knew, my, I knew my back corner, they would know. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Let me tell you, that is bad theology. God always answers your prayers. It just might not be the answer you want. Sometimes you might be praying for a child for years, and he doesn't give you what you want. But he's not not answering your prayer. It's just the answer is not right now, not right now, not right now. Or maybe the answer is no because there's a kid that needs to be adopted. And years later, looking back, you would not have wanted a yes. You are glad that God worked the way that he did. Sometimes God says no. We have to be okay with that. We have to shift our hope from being what God can do for us. Think about what he has already done for us. Amen? We have so much better he can answer prayers. He's not going to answer prayers the way we want. He's not our genie. Sometimes that's what we expect. We expect to just be like, hey, God, I prayed for this. You're going to do it, right? This is God. So when we talk about hope, we're not talking about the hope that we have here on this earth. What we're talking about is a better hope. You have a better hope. You have access to a better hope. Because the things that we desire on this earth are really things that will be fulfilled in heaven. 
The desires that we have here are going to be fulfilled. Psalm 68, verses 5 through 6. I love how the New Living Translation puts this verse. It says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. We are part of a broken world. The things that we see and experience are broken. And people have these these core desires that they are longing to be fulfilled. You have things that maybe, maybe you don't even realize that that is why you do the things you do as a desire for success or desire to feel loved or desire to feel like you belong or desire for freedom or whatever it may be that is your motivator is fulfilled in this better hope. That is why we can have hope. Because when we look for to belong here on earth, The people we're trying to belong to are broken. We're broken. Our relationships are going to be broken. That's why I love that in heaven, relationships are going to be very different. These relationships are going to be perfect. There will be no disagreements. Amen, spouses? No more disagreements. There's no more selfishness. There's no more division. There's no more fighting. Praise God. What a better hope to look forward to than just a temporary fix on this earth. That we know what we have in heaven. Not that God is going to do things here, but he has a healed home waiting for us in heaven. Earlier we read from Isaiah chapter 40, and I want to jump back there because this chapter really is talking about what that verse started off with, that the things of this world are temporary and fleeting and they're going to fade away, but there is a God who created it all, who is big and who is powerful and who pursues us. And picking up in Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 27, they're not all on here, just the last ones on on this, this slide. But God says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. You feel like that sometimes? My cause is disregarded by God. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Could you use some renewed strength this morning? Could you use some renewal for your tired spirit? from your weary emotions? Is your heart growing faint at the state of the world around you? When we put our hope in the Lord, he will renew our strength. Embrace this better hope. And Christmas is a time of hope. If you think about it, Christmas has been a time of hope since you were a little kid, right? Like there's the hope that's under the tree. Yeah? Yeah? You remember that, that it's like, man, 
I hope that that present that kind of sounds like Legos when I shake it, I hope that that's Legos. I don't know what else it is. It could be, right? Like Legos make a very distinct sound in the box when you shake them. Trust me. I know. But you have this hope that's like, man, I hope that, that I am going to be happy with what's under the tree. I hope that what's under the tree is this thing. And see, you think that you grow out of it, but you don't. You still put your hope in boxes. You are still hoping that under this box over here, that's going to be the thing that fulfills me. I still hope that, that these material goods are going to be what fulfills me, that maybe getting this new phone, maybe getting a new house, maybe getting a better car with better gas mileage so that we can have more money in our family, that's going, that's going to be it. Maybe your hope is in a relationship that it's like, maybe if I just, if our relationship could look like this, if I had this relationship, maybe then, or maybe it is healing. Maybe it's, man, if this person in my life could just have healing, if you could just keep us healthy, then. See, what God wants to offer you is a hope that is bigger than any box you could put it in. You have a better hope. This hope that has already been finished. That Jesus on the cross says, it is finished. This hope that, that God sent his only son so that you didn't have to hope that you did enough on this earth to get into heaven. You didn't have to hope that all those sacrifices you made were enough. You don't have to hope that you remembered to ask forgiveness for every single sin and that, that they're all checked off and that you did this certain thing, that your hope is completed. And that's what Jesus did. Through his death and resurrection, your hope is fulfilled. Paul says in Romans that, this is a hope that does not put us to shame. If you're a fan of Atlanta sports teams, a lot of time your hope has been put to shame, right? A lot of times you're like, man, why did I hope in this team? And Paul contrasts that hope that we have on this earth that constantly lets us down with a hope that says, this is not going to put you to shame. At no point will you feel like, why did I put my hope in this? Because it is finished. It is done. And our hope is now in heaven. And if that doesn't excite you, let me tell you what that looks like. From Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 2. It says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is what? Y'all sounded real sad about that. It is what? Done. Done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. 
Those who are victorious will will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Amen? What a better thing to have our hope in. So often we get bogged down by bad days because we we know that when we get home, what's waiting on us is not going to make it all right. Sometimes it might be what is at home that is not making it all right. Going to sleep's not going to make it better. Substances aren't going to make it better. Entertainment's not going to make it better. It's only when we start looking here to make things better. This is the hope that we are called to have, a better hope. A hope that is not in something that's going to let you down. Because everything on this earth will, I promise. So this week, as we start our approach toward Christmas... I urge you to remember that when you're buying gifts or when you're seeing gifts in a store, to remember the better gift that God has for you. That we still expect to find our fulfilled hope in these boxes, and he has a better hope. That everything that we could ever want or desire in this world is going to fade away or leave us wanting more. And God created us that way on purpose because you are created to long for more so that we can be content in what is coming, be fulfilled by what God has already done and what he has waiting for us. When that is where we find our hope, that is when we have that renewed strength. We will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. That's the kind of hope you want to have, amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this better hope. God, I thank you so much that the things of this world that we constantly think are going to make us fulfilled, whatever it may be, those things that that we think I will be happy when, or I will be happy if, God, that if we're not finding the answer and looking to the the incredible, awesome home relationship world that you have created for us in heaven, if we're not looking forward to just being in your presence, that everything else is going to fail us, that we are going to feel hopeless when we are finding our hope in the temporary, we will only have temporary hope. Thank you for giving us this better hope. As we we approach Christmas, God, let us just be reminded that our hope is from the Jesus that you sent. Our hope is from this child in a manger. Our hope is from the fact that God left heaven to come to earth to be with us, to save us. God, let us find our hope in that relationship, our hope in heaven. Let us be reminded of that as we hear Christmas songs, as we see Christmas trees and Christmas lights and presents, that God, we would just be reminded of the hope that you have for us, the better hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.